to Economics in Action, a podcast where we explore topics and ideas related to economics. In this episode, we'll be starting a series on one of the most misunderstood and criticized government institutions, the Federal Reserve Central Bank. Often cited as the most powerful institution in the U.S. and perhaps even in the world, it's no surprise that people are wary and often highly critical of the Fed. Its ability to create money, set interest rates, influence asset prices, and ultimately shape the trajectory of the economy, and indirectly the world economy, means any policy decision it makes is going to affect a whole lot of people. Today we're going to break down how the Fed carries out its most important action, the setting of interest rates. So strap in because unlike the Fed, we're filling up the punch bowl as the party kicks off. Before that, though, let's give a brief history of the institution. The Federal Reserve, commonly known as the Fed, was created on December 23, 1913, when President Woodrow Wilson signed the Federal Reserve Act into law. Prior to its establishment, the United States experienced several financial panics and bank runs, highlighting the need for a central bank system to stabilize the economy. The Fed was designed to be an independent central bank that would prevent bank failures, manage inflation, and influence interest rates. Over time, its role expanded to include regulating and supervising banks, conducting monetary policy, and providing financial services to depository institutions, the U.S. government, and foreign official institutions. The structure of the Fed includes a Board of Governors in Washington, D.C., and 12 regional Federal Reserve banks spread across the country. The Fed currently has two core objectives or mandates, known as its dual mandate. They are to keep prices in the economy stable, and also to keep the level of unemployment stable. They achieve these objectives through monetary policy or the setting of interest rates. Okay, so we know the Fed carries out its mandate with the use of interest rate setting. So now let's talk about interest rates and how they influence the economy. Interest rates are a fundamental economic lever that influence the cost of borrowing, the return on savings, and the overall level of economic activity. You can also think of interest rates as the cost of money. When a central bank like the Federal Reserve adjusts interest rates, it's essentially tweaking the speedometer of the economy. Lower interest rates make borrowing cheaper, which can encourage individuals and businesses to take out loans for everything from consumer purchases like homes and cars to business expansion with new equipment or facilities. This increase in borrowing can stimulate spending and investment, giving the economy a boost. In terms of savers, lower interest rates mean earning less on their deposits, which can discourage saving in favor of spending or investing in higher-yielding assets. On the other hand, higher interest rates have the opposite effect. They increase the cost of borrowing, which can cool off consumer spending and business investment. This is because as loans become more expensive, potential borrowers might think twice before taking on new debt, and existing borrowers might have to tighten their belts to manage higher interest payments. This cooling can be intentional, as it is often used to tamp down on inflation or the general rise in prices, which can happen when the economy is running too hot. But there's a delicate balance to strike, because if rates are hiked too aggressively, it can slow the economy down too much, leading to reduced investment, hiring, and consumption, which in turn could potentially tip the economy into a recession. So central banks have to be careful to calibrate interest rate adjustments to manage economic growth 
without letting inflation get out of hand or stalling the economy. But what interest rate does the Fed actually influence? There are credit card interest rates, mortgage rates, business loans, and a whole lot of other borrowing going on in the economy. Here we're going to explain how the Fed manipulates one specific short-term rate. And this short-term interest rate the Fed has control over is known as the federal funds rate. The federal funds rate is the interest rate at which banks and other depository institutions lend money to each other, typically overnight, using reserves held at the Federal Reserve. So what are reserves, you ask? These are dollars that banks must keep on hand in the form of bills and reserve deposits at the central bank in case customers want to withdraw money from the bank. These are known as liquid liabilities. As a side note, the Fed is the only entity that can create bank reserves, and this is what it means for the Fed to quote-unquote print money or create money. The Fed can literally just click a button and add a certain amount of money to a bank's reserve balance. Just like a commercial bank can click a button to add money to a normal customer's deposit account when they make a loan. That's right, even normal old banks like Wells Fargo and Bank of America can actually create money. When they loan money out to say a homeowner in order to buy a house, they click a button and add money to that person's deposit account. This makes it seem like money isn't even real and the Fed just gives banks money when it's feeling nice. That's not the case, however. While the Fed does create money in the sense that it clicks a button to add money to banks' reserve balances, it doesn't just give out reserves for free. It gets something in return. It takes something out of the system. And that's why you don't see rampant inflation occurring most of the time. Similarly, when a commercial bank clicks a button to add money to a borrower's account, this money isn't just given out for free. The borrower must pay it back over time with interest. Anyways, back to the federal funds rate. Changes in the federal funds rate affect a wide array of other interest rates in the economy. All other rates follow from the Fed funds rate since it's super short duration, typically overnight. This also makes it pretty much riskless. Therefore, it basically sets the lower bound for borrowing, since banks are pretty reliable and it's hard to get a shorter duration than overnight for borrowing. So the Fed funds rate also ties directly to all other rates in the economy. For example, the prime rate, which is the rate that banks charge most of their most creditworthy customers, is typically set three percentage points above the federal funds rate. Similarly, rates on other short-term credit instruments like treasury bills and commercial paper are also influenced by changes in the federal funds rate. Going up the chain, it also influences rates for savings accounts, mortgages, loans, and therefore, it directly impacts the spending and saving decisions of households and businesses. For example, before the pandemic, the Fed funds rate was near zero, and the rate for 30-year mortgages was around 2 to 3%. Now, the Fed funds rate, as of 2023, is 5%, and the rate on 30-year mortgages is around 7 to 8%. See the connection? So how does the Fed influence this rate? Well, what's taught in most textbooks is that the Fed would adjust the amount of reserves that banks hold. This is called open market operations. They do this by buying and selling treasuries in exchange for bank reserves. Like we said above, the Fed isn't just giving out reserves for free. 
If the Fed wanted to raise the federal funds rate, it would make bank reserves more scarce by selling more treasuries to banks. The banks then pay the Fed with reserve deposits in its account, sucking reserves out of the system. Less banks would have reserves to borrow from each other, and that scarcity raises the Fed fund rate. To lower rates, the Fed would start to buy up treasury bills from banks and credit their accounts with more reserve deposits. This would increase the amount of reserves, and that lack of scarcity would make borrowing reserves cheaper. The main idea here is that there is a scarcity of reserves in the system. Per banking regulations, banks need those reserves to settle their accounts every day, and thus the Fed can manipulate the supply in order to get the desired rate that they want. But what if banks had tons of reserves already, even lots of excess reserves or reserves over the required amount? This became the case after 2008, when the Fed did what was called quantitative easing and increased the amount of reserves in the banking system by a huge amount. We're talking trillions of dollars by buying up longer-term assets. We'll dig into quantitative easing in another episode, but for now just realize that banks had lots of reserves in their Fed accounts. Now the Fed has to use another method to set the overnight interest rate. Today they do this with the reverse repo facility and also the interest that they pay on reserves. That's right, the central bank pays banks to keep reserves at the Fed. This is often called the floor system as opposed to the corridor system explained above. The main way the Fed sets the fund rate now is with the use of interest rate on reserves. The Fed currently pays banks some amount of interest to hold reserves. The current interest on reserves rate is 5.4% at the time of this podcast. This interest rate sets the lower bound, or what's known as the reservation rate, because if banks can lend to the Fed at, say, 5.4%, why would they lend their reserves to anybody else for lower? It'd be crazy. The reverse repo facility allows money markets and other large financial institutions other than commercial banks to lend money to the Fed. This prevents the federal funds rate from falling lower than interest on reserves. It's called a reverse repo because the way the lending works is that institutions will give the Fed money in exchange for treasury bills. The Fed then repurchases the treasury bills the next day for a slightly higher price. That price is the interest rate. Again, this sets the lower bound on interest rates because institutions won't want to lend less than this for overnight loans. The upper bound of interest rates for overnight borrowing is set by what's known as the discount rate. This is the rate that banks can borrow from the Fed itself. Banks won't want to borrow money at a higher price than this because they can get the discount rate from the Fed. So there you have it. That's how the Fed sets interest rates. By the way, setting interest rates is known as monetary policy and is the main tool that the Fed uses to fulfill its dual mandate of keeping both interest rates low and keeping unemployment at a relatively good level. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe if you like the podcast and write a comment telling us what you like.